Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45 minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cowboy meal valid when product served. Welcome to episode number 76 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gambling industry. With me, Dustin Galker. With me, Adam Candy. You should follow them on Twitter if you do not already. At Adam Candy. That is two E's, no Y. At Dustin Galker. If you want to follow me because you really do hate yourself, at Matt Brown M. Two, we are going to talk some numbers. We always do. We are going to talk what's going on with a couple of these sports books as to when they're going to be opening, what do the earnings look like, different things like that. But Dustin, let's kick things off with what's going on in Tennessee and uh, when our friends in Tennessee are going to be able to legally sports bet. Yeah, see, it feels like it's been a while since we did one of these, but you get to you get to bet legally in Tennessee very soon. We believe it will be Sunday. That is the date that they have been targeting. There is there has been some chatter of a of an early soft launch that uh, would might have t- taken place today. That obviously has not happened. We're uh, we're here recording at one o'clock ish on the on the Pacific time, so so we don't think it's happening today. Possibility tomorrow, maybe, but it looks like you're definitely going to be able to bet on on sunday as long as everything goes uh, according to plan so we are we are adding tennessee to the list of legal sports bet we need like a little ding i think or something whatever when uh, when our producer gets in there i don't know if we can do that but we, we, have, we have legal sports betting soon in tennessee yes this is uh this is something though adam with tennessee we know this is uh one of the states that does not have physical casinos. So this will be all, this will definitely be all mobile. This will be all remote and and things like that. But there was one of the things that happened when this came about, and this was one of the sticking points with us and trying to figure out how this was all going to play out was this minimum hold that they have in that, that they have built in as to what Tennessee must actually hold with these sports books. So how do you think this is actually going to play out? Are we going to see, you know, vigs like we see in some of these other places that we make fun of so often? Do you think they will figure out a way to get it some other in some other place that, that people bet or uh, what's going on with this minimum hold? So Tennessee sports betting is administered by the lottery in Tennessee and What we have with this minimum hold rule is essentially an attempt to use the sort of regulations you would put onto a lottery product in sports betting, which is, of course, asinine. Uh, It doesn't work. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to see that play out in the market, but we're probably going to have to see that play out in the market before the folks in charge there think about redoing it. So ultimately, by requiring this 10 percent hold, 
you're going to make the market worse for betters, whether it's like you said, Matt, changing up the VIGs if it's not your standard dime lines and trying to move those significantly. But I think that's going to get found out and there'll be some horrible PR around that pretty quickly. I think what you might see is a heavier push toward uh, higher hold plays like parlays and maybe potentially moving the prices on teasers or futures or other products where it's not quite so obvious, right? Like, That's what I was thinking know. was that since all, since the, you know, what we've, what we've seen is when these lines kind of get, especially the VIGs get too out of hand. I mean, we're the first to call them out, but certainly the betters start to call it out as well. So my, that was kind of my thinking and I'm glad that, you know, we're on the same page here. I, I think it's probably going to come in the form of, larger holds, maybe in futures markets, maybe, you know, different things like that. Like you mentioned, maybe teasers aren't at 120, maybe teasers are at 130 or, you know, like we've actually seen a couple of books in Nevada go to 130 anyway on teasers. So um, maybe they just look to kind of get their hold as far as uh, I'm not going to say sneaky because it's, it's, it's not sneaky, but in different manners than just putting out a minus 137 line on each side or something. Well, I'm right with you on that, because let's use the Nevada books as an example, right? When I went in this year, and I'm not going to name the book, but there was a certain book that had better prices on parlays last year. And I went in and started putting my usual wagers down on it. And I was looking at the payout and thought, wait a second, something's wrong here. But I don't think the average person is going to do that when it comes to those products. And when you talk about futures markets, right, it's going to be really easy to, you know, what was eight to one to move to 10 to one. And then nobody really notices outside the market because it's not something you generally compare cross state in the first place. So I think that's probably where you see it play in. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how the operators who are involved in Tennessee decide to do this because the first three major operators to launch there are FanDuel, DraftKings and BetMGM, who are all multi-state operators, right? So they are operators who don't necessarily have to sort of stake everything on Tennessee. They are operators who can probably afford to take a little bit of a hit in terms of uh, the profit in Tennessee just to play in the market and own that share and box out other competitors from potentially being successful there, which I think is ultimately the play in Tennessee. Uh, Our friends over at Eilers and Crycheck Gaming put out a study last year that said that this minimum hold rule has the ability to affect the Tennessee market by millions of dollars to potentially keep millions of dollars from coming into Tennessee. So, you know, it's going to be much like what we've seen in other jurisdictions where I think certain things have to go wrong before they can go right. You know, you look at Rhode Island uh, having to twice go back and fix uh, its mobile registration. So that's the sort of thing I think that'll play out with this minimum hold rule in Tennessee. Dustin, we have Tennessee that we look like is going to be taking bets here in a couple of days. So this is something we were doing quite often, you know, six months ago, but we slowed down a little bit with with everything that's been going on. But let's go ahead and get back into this. Who is going to be next? Yeah, I mean, we said the, the top three, and these are the top three, I guess, I, I think we can pretty safely say almost the top three in terms of sports betting, DraftKings, FanDuel, and MGM at this point. You probably have uh, Rivers, Bet Rivers, Sugar House, uh, Rivers Casinos across the country in, in Illinois and uh, Pennsylvania. They are there in the mix there too, but these are the three top operators. There's also a local operator, interestingly, called Tennessee Action 24-7. We'll see, we'll see what that's all about, uh, apparently, on Sunday, but... 
we're going to see more. It's it's a little curious that there's not more people ready right away because Tennessee, as as we've talked about on this podcast, I'm sure is is an open market where you don't. There's no casinos. It's it was a lottery only state until they passed the sports betting law, so you don't have to be tethered to a casino to open up. You just you just need to come in, get your sports betting license, and away you go. So there's obviously some of the stuff we've talked to has has maybe slowed some people down. It's been uh, definitely a bit of a confusing. Uh, atmosphere for sports betting up to launch here. So when things settle down and we see a little bit more, we're going to see more. We're definitely going to see. I'd, I'd be, I guess I'd be shocked if we don't see everybody who's been in other states eventually. You'll definitely see uh, a points bet. You'll see William Hill. You're going to see all of these companies in, in eventually, I think. I don't think anybody just passes on Tennessee, but they may be waiting a little bit to see see how things shake out here with launch and, and what goes on with the, the rules and, and how things are, are progressing in Tennessee. Adam, real quick, I want to go just a a little bit off of the rundown here since we are coming down to the nitty gritty here in uh, election season, only, you know, five days left before election day. There are a couple of states where the people will be deciding on sports betting. Is that correct? Accurate information, Matt. Uh, There will be three states where sports betting is on the ballot this year in Maryland, in South Dakota and in Louisiana. And you're looking at different situations for all three. We'll start with Maryland. That has the potential to have the biggest impact on the overall U.S. market. Uh, There's some constitutional issues in Maryland, which is why this had to go to the ballot for a vote of the people. They initially tried uh, in past years to see if they could work within the framework of what they had on the books and do this through the lottery. Ultimately, the attorney general there said they were better off going to the ballot and letting people vote on whether or not to have sports betting. So what we're going to see is a vote to authorize sports betting statewide in Maryland. That will then kick it back to the state legislature to, again, look at this and figure out whether or not they're going to be able to come up with a a law that works for everyone. What's interesting about the Maryland situation is this could potentially get tied up in a fight over who gets the Washington football team in the next decade uh, between Maryland and Virginia. Uh, Daniel Snyder, the owner of that team, has been playing the two states off each other, lobbying uh, through their legislative sessions earlier this year to see which one would allow sports betting inside a potential Washington football team stadium. So that's what's on the ballot in Maryland. In Louisiana, as you know well, Matt, it is a parish by parish, a.k.a. county by county vote to legalize sports betting. Uh, That, again, will have to go back to the legislature for some more rulemaking. And as we know from the DFS situation, where we're still trying to figure out exactly what's going on down there, uh, there's no sure thing in terms of when we'll be able to start it in Louisiana. In South Dakota, essentially, you're trying to authorize sports betting in person in one area, Deadwood, uh, where there are casinos that would potentially give tribal casinos the opportunity to start retail sports betting as well. The South Dakota referendum is by far the most limited of three all of those will be on the ballot on tuesday and if you haven't heard this enough from everyone from your friends from your family from your social media please go vote go please vote please go vote and uh and dustin i can only imagine if you're listening to this podcast vote yes on sports betting I can't imagine you're listening to this pro- this podcast. You're going like, yeah, I'm going to hit <laughs> nah, the no button. I don't, I don't, we don't yeah. want sports betting. Yeah, here. Nah, nah, nah. I'm just going to hit the no button on that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth saying there um, with everything. Um, all right, Adam. So, you know, one of the things I think that people in the industry know, but I think a lot of people that aren't really, you know, live and breathe this stuff like we do, don't know. So you see the brands, it's DraftKings, it's FanDuel, it's PointsBet, it's whatever. 
but there are a lot of other companies that are working beyond just those big consumer facing brands to make all of these things work and to make all of these uh, to make all these sites actually hit the regulations that they need to be hitting was from state to state and all that. And so we've actually been having a couple of hiccups here lately. Think about it this way, Matt. If you were to order your favorite sandwich at a restaurant, it's just known by the name of the sandwich, right? If you go to uh, here in town, you go to Capriati's and you order the Bobby, you order a Bobby. But within that Bobby, of course, you have the turkey and the stuffing and the cranberry sauce and the mayo and all that. And everything has to work together to make the one thing. So, you know, for for those who are regular listeners, my apologies for the oversimplification. But what we have at play here is that GeoComply, the leading provider of geolocation services for these mobile apps, had an issue during Thursday night football last week that prevented a number of betters in multiple states from being able to verify their location in their app and therefore be able to place a bet. And this, of course, if you take it the wide view of it, is a wire act problem because you're not allowed to bet across state lines, right? Nothing can be transmitted across state lines. So you have to be physically located in the state where you're placing your legal bet. So if you are a New Jersey better trying to bet on a New Jersey app, you have to be physically located in New Jersey. But if your device can't verify that you're in New Jersey, then you're not going to be able to place that wager. So the GeoComply outage hit a number of apps. All of the big ones uh, use the service. So it's that sort of thing that can very easily take down betting at what is an important time, right? I mean, we know that right. any NFL Island game is a huge, huge opportunity for sports books. And of course, there's only 17 weeks to do it in a year. So that's what happened last week. And uh, cer- certainly something that is uh, something that bears watching moving forward. And and Dustin, actually to kind of dovetail off of that, I mean, there was actually a little bit of statistic problems as well. I think that there were some, you know, specifically some books out there that were having trouble getting live lines that were having trouble verifying actual uh, stats as they were happening and all of that. And that that's been kind of ongoing, right? Yeah, I mean, and I'll, and I'll preface all this. I mean, we, we're going to report on this because it's what we do, but it's actually kind of Oh, this is very rare that we've seen this. We've been doing this for right. two years and we have not seen a ton of, of this type of stuff going to happen. And it's, it's kind of all cropped up in the, the last several weeks, but yeah, we also have, uh, we, we talked about it before, but uh, the, the data provider for the major, for pretty much anybody who does fantasy sports, including DraftKings and FanDuel on the DFS side uh, has been, uh, been affected by this. That's perform has been down for almost two weeks. We believe it is still, uh, still working its way back and not fully functional as of uh, the recording of this podcast, but that's you know that's been a jam up. They've had to go to other uh, other uh, other uh, data providers just to be able to run their their fantasy contests. And again, this goes down to the season long fantasy. They, they power fantasy stats as well. So um, it's been uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a rough go for betting and fantasy sports from a, a functionality standpoint. But I think it it is definitely worth saying that this is not. Uh, this is not the norm. It has not been the norm. But as Adam says, if you want to you want to attack the ecosystem, maybe you don't have to really attack individual books or or would you you, you would attack all some of these vendors who are 
core to what it's doing because GeoComply is like is pretty much everybody in the in the U.S. market outside of Nevada. They are they are pretty much universally used. Uh, and you know, this didn't impact just sports. Sports betting was more of an inconvenience because you couldn't get bets down. Like it happened during the Giants Eagles game. I don't know why you'd want to bet on that, but you could. But this this impacted online casino and poker. Poker was the one that was actually most impacted because all of a sudden, all everybody who was playing poker, they could, tournaments had to shut down across New Jersey and Nevada and Pennsylvania, and, and that that's not great. If you're playing an online casino, you, you we believe you probably got booted from that until it was gone. It was only a little bit, of, it looked like around an hour of an outage, but it still kind of speaks to you know, the, the impact the technology and some of these vendors that, that work with sportsbooks and online gambling entities have on, on the ecosystem. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And just, uh, you know, again, kind of talking about the making of the the whole product. I mean, you know, again, we we know DraftKings is DraftKings, but the the back end, obviously controlled by Canby uh, on Monday Night Football. There were issues at Canby that were preventing them from putting up live lines during the game. And actually, every now every now and then when the lines would pop up, they would be wildly off market as well. And so if you uh, if you're listening to this and you're in Jersey or Colorado or something like that, and we're able to take advantage of those. Good for you, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it, it's it, like you said, it's been very rare and it's weird that kind of all this stuff has happened here within a, a week's time. But it looks like everybody is kind of getting everything back on track and and has everything up and going. I saw about last evening is when uh, it looked like that, that DraftKings got everything back up and going. Yeah. It wasn't just uh, on that date either. I can tell you um, when I was doing a, a broadcast and needed some live lines over the weekend, you know, there were NFL games that were in the second half where I was seeing live lines of a total of 13 and a half. Right. <laughs> Seems wrong, potentially. Yeah. Uh, and it was definitely a can be back provider. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. There was Adam, you know how live betting works. And there was a, a game that went off with a 44 total. The first score of the game didn't happen until like seven and a half minutes into the game. It was a, and then the the live total popped back up at 53 and a half. And so, oh. yeah. Well, then. so, yeah. So I'm sure everyone just black. Well, I mean, it was only up for about 90 seconds, but. I mean, there are people who were able to get in on the under 53 and a half when that line literally should not have been anywhere close to that. So, yeah, it was uh, Camby was having a rough, rough few days there as well. Um, all right. So let's hit on. We'd like to talk numbers here. Nevada has numbers and they got some pretty big ones. Yeah. The interesting part about the Nevada numbers is twofold. First of all, Nevada's five hundred seventy six million dollars September pushes the U.S. market to a new monthly handle record of over $2.5 billion. Uh, that's obviously immense, a function of the pandemic sports schedule that put all four major sports into one month, uh, led by New Jersey with nearly $750 million. And that leads into the second part of the twofold, which is that I think naturally everyone is going to compare New Jersey and Nevada and say, wow, New Jersey had you know, roughly $175 million more than Nevada in this month. And it's certainly worth noting that, you know, New Jersey has the all-time monthly handle record in the country. Keep this in mind about Nevada, though. Uh, they continue to have the arcane mobile registration ban that requires people to go to casinos to sign up for accounts, right? So you're still feeling some pandemic effect when it comes to Nevada not being able to draw people into the casinos to register for accounts, you're also still dealing with the fact that visitation to Nevada is down and capacity is limited 
in casinos. So even Nevada, which is a state that tends to fluctuate uh, its mobile handle and be lower than other states, isn't really drawing people to the casino in much the same way. So I think if you factor in part of that as well, you would see that I think Nevada even has a little bit of room left to come back uh, if we were to do another September like we just did, which I mean, my God, please, let's never do another September like we just did. Uh, But $2.5 billion nationally with Nevada September. And Colorado, this was the market that we were super interested in with the way that everything is working uh, over there and as many books that are open in Colorado as well. And we're starting to see them really make some noise in these numbers as well. Colorado has not come near maturity yet and has already matched up with Indiana. More than $200 million wagered in Colorado. That came out at the end of last week. Uh, You're looking at basically a third of the available operators being online right now, and you have plenty of room to grow from there. Uh, Doubly interesting in Colorado was that baseball actually led everything in the month of September, professional football was second, which is something you don't see particularly often uh, throughout the U.S. When the NFL is on the board, it's usually NFL or bust, but it's a different market in a number of ways. One of those ways, and Dustin can speak to this in terms of uh, how it's similar to Oregon, table tennis is still in the top five sports in table Colorado tennis. betting right now. <laughs> yes, like send up the flare for uh, the table tennis aficionados Colorado is where you want to go because you're still getting major handle on table tennis there. And uh, one other interesting note uh, from the last few days, Colorado will be the location of the second Barstool Sportsbook retail spot. Uh, We know that they're not going to launch the app anywhere else this year, likely Michigan early next year. But at Blackhawk Casino in Colorado, you will see. Uh, the next Barstool Sportsbook, but again, only in person. And if you want to know how small that is, only 2% of handle in Colorado came through retail channels last month. Dustin, let's not lie here. When we were in the pandemic and we were sports deprived and there was nothing going on in the world, you put down a table tennis bet or two, didn't you? Uh, I I, I can go back and look at my history. I I do remember betting on some table tennis. Also, I mean, yesterday there was like nothing going on for the first time forever, right? Except for, I mean, if you care about MLS, you can bet on MLS. Uh, I'm not betting on MLS. So, but, so I I imagine there's some people looking, looking back to the table tennis yesterday. Yeah, yeah, there were. I bet you they were heading back into the table tennis streets. I'm sure they were. It was, uh, yeah, yesterday was, was the first day in quite a long time where we didn't have just a day filled with, with any sort of major sport anyway so uh back to thursday night football tonight but it was uh it was a quiet wednesday no doubt about it nfl should just be putting nfl should be putting tuesday night football on every week i I, when we had the game i'm like i mean it's like okay i I could get into tuesday night football yes let's do that agreed i know i know it's trust me they're gonna go back and review the data and if they can if they figure that they can make more money because someone's gonna have to buy the tv contracts for that or whatever then it won't be too far off. I can, I can guarantee that. Yeah. What, um, what, the, what was the other thing? I'm going way off on a tangent, but somebody yeah. is like, let's relegate people. If you like lose on a, on a Sunday night game, you have to play Tuesday night football or something sometime during the uh, year. I don't know. Like, I, like, I don't you're know, throwing like, some a, twists in there. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I, the jets, the jets should be relegated anyway. So, um, you know, but I'm not, look at that. I said jets and not giants, Adam. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hit your giants on there. So at least there's that. Jets Hit my Giants worse. hard. Look, you know how excited <laughs> I am right now? We were starting to get the first projections for draft order for next year. They're number two 
They're number two. That means that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, one of the two is going to be in play. And that gives Dave Gettleman the opportunity to pick a lineman instead. <laughs> true, true. And that's definitely happening. Like, you you know, that that's definitely happening. Uh, so, Dustin, we one of the things that I think that all of us are pretty bullish on as far as this, you know, this whole sports betting thing blowing up is just the fact that that data is just going to continue to be so incredibly important. I mean, you have to have it to run your website, your app, your, you know, if you are running any sort of, you know, advanced statistics website, there are people that use these data, these data feeds to, uh, you know, sell subscriptions to their, to their content and whatnot. So it's going to continue to be a big thing. And I think we are seeing that with the valuation of one of these companies. Yeah, we talked, we're talking about Sport Radar uh, using some money for acquisition last week. That's the main uh, competitor of Genius Sports, which uh, in another special acquisition company going public uh, through a reverse merger process uh, and at a valuation of $1.5 billion. This, they, they do more than just betting, but this is, this is a, a largely a betting play. They work with all sorts of data and, and media and things like that, but they also power sports books and the data that comes in the sports books. So, uh, this is a uh, the year of the SPAC for it's not just not just a gambling play, but there have been a lot in gambling. We can uh, we've we, we see it feels like we talk about them almost every week now, and this is the the, the same uh, folks who oversaw the Rush Street Gaming Rush Street Interactive, which is the the power behind Bet Rivers, which we talked about earlier, and is in many states for sports betting and will be for online casino. Same people uh, were. Uh, were behind this for the SPAC and getting genius sports public. So yeah, you're, you're right. The, the, this part of the, the, the data and the intersection with the, with sports betting, it's only going to become more important. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to, and I'm, I'm going to guess this is not the last SPAC, maybe the last SPAC we see in 2020, although I'll, I'll be at cold take on that in like a week, but we'll, we'll see more of these <laughs> as, as plays to get into, uh, get sports betting and to get some money into a company that uh, wants to go, wants to, to grow their business. And, you know, Adam, I think people are going to look at this and be like, wait a minute, hold on. This company is valued at $1.5 billion and all they're doing is is pumping sports data at all these other places. But I mean, if you think about the industry as a whole and you think about what makes everything tick and we this kind of goes back to the, one of the stories we were talking about earlier, it's. You know, yeah, the the consumer facing brand is FanDuel and it's DraftKings and all that. It's BetMGM. But there are so many other ways that these things actually form, uh, you know, what they are and how they actually function. And so data, you could argue, (laughs) might be the most important aspect of all of this stuff, even over all of everything else. Because, I mean, if you don't have that, then you're not getting anything to work correctly. So let me go back to my terrible sandwich metaphor from earlier and reuse it for a second and say that, you know, if we're talking about making a sandwich, data might not be the meat of the sandwich, but it's definitely at least the bread, right? Like if the meat is probably the game itself, as we saw over the last six months, like you have to have a game to bet on in the first place. But having reliable, fast data is key to everything, right? And especially key to the potential growth of the market when we talk about in-play betting. Without reliable data that can be fed with a minimum of latency, then in-play betting really can't go anywhere. So when it comes to Sport Radar or Genius or Stats Performer or anybody, um, I'm not here to weigh in on the actual valuation. I will leave that to people smarter than me. 
But when it comes to are you seeing it be a higher number than maybe you would have expected? Yeah, that's because you were talking about a critical element of the supply chain here that is kind of hard to get around. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I get it. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of people who say like, oh, come on, man, are you, are you serious? This is like 8x what they, what they project in revenue and stuff. But I mean, you know, look, I get it. It is what is going to be needed in order to, to continue to push this industry forward. And again, the, the bigger part of everything is everybody is continues to be extremely bullish on in-play betting. And we know that, like you said, you got to have fast, reliable data to make that work. And if you don't have it, then you're missing out. So I, I get it why these companies are coming in at what they're coming in at. I'm, I'm on uh, a diet, but how do I get one of the, can you guys ship me one of those sandwiches? I'm, I'm yes, good. I know. You're like, you're, you're feeling it, aren't you? I mean, he's talking Sounds about good. all this. I'll tell you, if you've never had a Bobby, I I'm mean, not. it doesn't sound off like, uh, like, Adam, I don't know about you. When I first saw it and I'm like, all right, I mean, you know, I get it. You're trying to do the whole Thanksgiving thing and it's turkey and it's stuffing and it's, it's cranberry sauce and all that. You're kind of like, eh, I don't really know what this is going to be all about. And then you eat it and you're like, oh, that's what it's all about. Like that is a, that's a damn good sandwich. It's, you know what? It's like one of these sports betting products, Matt. It's like a FanDuel <laughs> or a DraftKings, right? I'm not sure I want just a, a, a geo comply on a plate. <laughs> I want all of these things packaged together. And somehow the the whole is greater than the parts, right? That's that's how it ends up working. I'm such a Capriati stand, by the way, that I once got invited to a Capriati's focus group uh, to evaluate new products. So that's maybe beautiful. I'm not the best uh, impartial observer to evaluate here. Uh, that's beautiful though. I'm glad, I'm glad that that's a, that's a nice fun fact here. You Thank know, you. you've been on prices, right? And you've been invited to a Capriotti's focus group and wheel of fortune. Come on. Don't short me and wheel of fortune. Okay. Thank yeah, you. That's right. Um, all right. So we know about the Illinois drama. We know that it was supposed to be retail only. We know due to the pandemic, it opened up the door for there to be remote signups that continues to get the, the can keeps continue to get kicked down the road. Adam, it looks like, though, if for whatever reason they weirdly decide that there is not going to be any more remote sign up, because, again, we don't think that that's we don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But who knows? We are not lawmakers in Illinois. At least at least one new company will have a presence there. If we were lawmakers in Illinois, we would have had so much less content to talk about over the last 18 <laughs> months because True. we would not have we put just together, done it right the first time. Is that what you're yeah, saying? I mean, I mean, seriously, we we would have gotten it right the first time. We would not have put together that 99 cent store Frankenstein of a law that uh, that they're still working with here. But I digress. Uh, FanDuel is getting its retail license in Illinois through Fairmount. Um so basically through horse racing operation in the vicinity of St. Louis so down toward the border. Uh, this is interesting, if only because, as you said, Matt, were the cases to go down to such a point where Governor Pritzker went back to in-person sign up, then you would see both FanDuel and DraftKings going for a strategy that I wouldn't say would counter what PointsBet did, but it would certainly give them the opportunity to push for retail signups from Missouri in a way that, you know, would try to blunt the advantage that, that some of the ones who have better locations in the Chicagoland area would be able to do. So you would then have DraftKings and FanDuel both with a presence roughly 15 to 20 minutes 
over the Missouri border. DraftKings would be a little closer uh, with Casino Queen. But yes, that happened on Thursday. The Illinois Gaming Board approved the license for FanDuel and Fairmount, the sports wagering license that is. Eventually, that is likely to become a full casino situation. So yeah, I mean, and we don't have numbers from Illinois yet. Um, the Illinois Gaming Board always helpful and when i say helpful i mean not not at all helpful in terms of providing information has told our staff that essentially we're not going to go on a set schedule with releasing numbers they'll just come out at some point right yeah i mean yeah you'll get it when we get it you get it you get it i mean that's all there is to it um dustin we find out things about companies because people not me you Maybe not even you anymore, but people sit and listen to uh, these earnings calls and come away with with little nuggets here and there. And PointsBet just had their Q3 call. So uh, tell us what you found out about PointsBet. Yeah. uh, Shout out to Matt Waters and Brad Allen, who listen to all these earnings calls (laughs) for us and and do this. It was me once upon a time. I did all of these. It was. It was. You listen to your fair share of all kinds of either calls, meetings, whatever. Like, so you you don't have anything to feel guilty about. I do because I've never done it. So I definitely I just mooch off of you guys. But you don't have anything to feel bad about. You you put in your hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. Yeah, I mean, I'll still listen to a DraftKings just for just for kicks once in a while just to see what's going on. On. But uh, yeah, points bet uh, uh, Q3 earnings. Uh, we got some details about what they're doing. Saw their they saw we've a handle of 117 million dollars for the quarter, which is obviously not some huge number. Only about two million in revenue. But as we know, points bet looking toward the future and, and growing. Uh, they also said they're focusing on on Illinois right now, uh, trying to be a part of what we just talked about the the open. Uh, online betting. They also feel like they're going to have a shot in in Massachusetts, Virginia. Virginia, we know, is launching early next year if all things go well. Massachusetts still needs to, to uh, pass a law sometime, looks like probably next year when they're going to address that uh, in Massachusetts. So uh, points bet, you know, we've been talking a lot because they've been doing lots of deals, media deals, and uh, yeah, uh, not huge top line numbers, but they are obviously progressing and looking more toward the future as uh, sports betting and online casino rollout across the country. So with what we have seen, there were, you know, we everything has just been going up, 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 up. Again, had, uh, hashtag not stock analysts here, but um, we do pay attention when things do happen to these stocks within the industry. And finally, DraftKings and Penn have uh, have quit reaching for the stars here. It looks as if uh, you know maybe some of this this initial push of everybody getting super super excited because all of these uh, sports betting stocks were available might be slowing down just a tad. Yeah, we, I, we added this one late just because I keep rem- keep forgetting that these stocks keep going down. And I checked, and indeed they're both at uh, w- at least one month lows. DraftKings have been trading. Above sixty dollars earlier this month, trading this today at about thirty-seven dollars. Penn National similarly was uh, something like seventy-five, seventy-four earlier this month, and is currently trading at fifty-five. So, uh, and this has been—it's not just a, you know. Dow, I think the Dow's down a little bit today. I haven't been—I know it was down early, but uh, uh, we're, we're just looking at you know this is a long trend of they've been kind of losing value over the, the last week, uh, last month, and. It's definitely interesting because there's no no super underlying reason under that other than maybe you thought they were overvalued. Uh, we had we had somebody putting pumping Penn National. I think it was Penn, right? Adam it was two hundred dollars recently. That was the the one like we should buy. You should you should target two hundred dollars maybe in a bull yeah. case. Like 
maybe not maybe not uh you know we, we saw we actually had pens numbers uh q32 we know that barstool did i think they said 78 million in handle just in pennsylvania over the first 37 days which is okay not something not absolutely groundbreaking numbers it puts them maybe uh, maybe number three or a tie for number three still well behind DraftKings and and, uh, and uh, fanduel in pennsylvania so I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, we don't have a whole lot of reason other than, you know, I think, I think the, the numbers were probably kind of out of line and this is, and things are getting brought back into line a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, look, we, we talked about this a couple of different times. Like we're not, not stock analysts, but at the same time, when we do know how hard it is to, to, to make money in sports betting, at least right now, I mean, you know, there's this customer acquisition phase is incredibly expensive and, they operate on fairly slim margins as it is anyway. So to see everything just like continuing, no matter what, no matter what's happening up, 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 there had to have been a point where people maybe start to go, okay, maybe we need to simmer down just a tad. And so uh, I think that might be what we're seeing. here. Well, I don't know, guys, if I ran a Deadspin-esque kind of website, (laughs) I might be asking why there have not been any emergency press conferences from those who were claiming that they were the reason for Penn stock going through the roof to explain why Penn stock has lost a significant part of its value. I guess that's not uh, part of the brand. I would guess that that's probably not the way that that character plays out. You know, just saying the the whole like ever doing anything wrong type deal, you know, I, I just say, just say, just say, just, just say, just my opinion. Just say, yeah. Hashtag just saying <laughs> guys, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify, Stitcher and Google. So please go in, subscribe, rate and review. And uh, again, if you do that, it'll just show up on your phone. So you don't have to come seek us out every single time, but uh, we would also appreciate those five-star reviews. A little bit of a nice note will help people find this podcast and make them want to click on it, get a little bit smarter about what's going on in the country. I know that I get smarter every time I'm on here with these guys. So uh, certainly something that I think that we're going to be, uh, you know, I think that this is something that people will be interested in more and more as these states come online, as these states potentially come online, there's going to be more interest in kind of the business side of all of this stuff. And Dustin Adam on top of everything with that. If you want to follow them on Twitter at Dustin Galker at Adam Candy, that's two E's, no Y. If you, uh, you know, want to see some, tweets about angry sports takes and things like that you can follow me at matt brown m2 everything we talk about here on the podcast you can find at legalsportsreport.com for adam for dustin i'm matt talk to you guys next week The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cabo meal, valid when product served. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.